my good sis, my good, good sis. Welcome back to another episode of the My Good Sis podcast, a self-care podcast empowering women to become unapologetically themselves. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's an absolute honor to be in your ears right now, in your headphones, in your car, um, in your home speaker. Thank you so much for tuning back in. Um, again, really overwhelmed at the support and the love and the encouragement. You know, I've been getting messages like, oh, like, when's the next episode? I'm trying so hard to be better at this weekly thing. I'm trying so hard to be better at it. Um, life is just busy and I don't want to keep saying this every single week, but it's just, it's it's intense. So, um, but I really do enjoy, uh, you know, to like share my content with you guys and I enjoy the feedback. So thank you so much. Um, I saw that this week I had one listener in Kenya. So wow. Amazing. Thank you. Um, it's, it's all good. So what's going on? Like lots and lots has been going on and, you know, we are in, what is it now? Tier three, tier, tier two, tier three, who knows, who knows what it means? This whole COVID stuff and Boris and his cat hair filled blazer that isn't actually cat hair. That is his own hair that sheds and he hasn't got a 99p lint roller from H&M. It's just a sham. I mean, I'm not very good at following rules anyway. Um, And I appreciate that we're in a pandemic and I have to handle the situation with care. I've been fortunate enough to not lose anybody due to COVID. So I don't want to be careless or to be reckless. And that's not what I'm doing. Um, I just find it difficult to listen to someone and to adhere to the rules that just feel made up and there's no proof, there's no evidence. And he's clearly just trying to keep the economy going. It's all about the money. Um, and it, you know, I have a child and she's in school and she's not really in her bubble. Like it sounds good, but she's not really in her bubble. She's mingling, she's mixing. And every morning, every afternoon, I go to the school gate and it's ram. Like there is no social distancing at that school gate. And her school isn't the only one that is struggling. So it's just like, okay, so as long as kids are at school still, I feel like I'm not taking no chat from you, Boris. It doesn't make sense. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to go back to homeschooling. That wasn't fun. And it was expensive because I got a tutor. But I don't want to go back to that. I want to keep my daughter going to school. But then it makes it a bit difficult for me to then be like, oh, I can't mix households. What are you talking about? I I have technically mixed with 30 other households, you know, all based on her being at school. It's just boring. It's affecting me because I love to socialise and you know, I've got a birthday coming up and I've been planning that, you know, but obviously I'm in restrictions and it's like, mm, it doesn't really make sense to plan because it might increase again. It might be tier three. It might, you know, um, it might be this thing. Um, I forget what they call it. It's like a, a circuit breaker. 
am. And then I can't go anywhere. And then it means that all of the restaurants and bars are going to be completely shut down. So what's the point in planning? Um, but yeah, I'm missing that, that touch that, you know, to mix and mingle with my friends and my family and to just, to not have to plan everything to a T, you know. And I have some friends who are, are high risk themselves and they're like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, uh, mix and I'm not going to see you and I'm not going to mix the households until it's safe to do so. And I, again, I have to respect that. <sighs> anyway, so if you are listening from a different country, as I've um, established that I have listeners from um, from America, Kenya, Norway, New Zealand, Germany, <laughs> Ireland, thank you, thank you again. Um, these rules won't apply to you and you might not even know what I'm talking about, but it's a sham. It's a sham all round. Anyway, so... Apparently, Cardi B and Offset are back together. Um, I don't know if it was a a stunt, a like publicity stunt. Um, if it was just because the planets were um doing a madness and she didn't know how to like use her words and she's not self aware, and she just had a bit of um a breakdown, which you know we do have, you know, you know, I'm I'm indifferent. I have no opinion. As long as they're happy, good luck to them. Why I bring her up is I want to speak a little bit about baddies. And what a baddie is. What is it that it means to be a baddie in the world of dating? And if you're not a baddie, if you're just a simple girl like me, what does it mean when you're dating? What does it mean if and when you are looking for love? What does it mean if you want to be picked? Have we considered male baddies? What's a male baddie? All right, cool. So a baddie, by my definition, is um, somebody who looks immaculate at all times. She wears a uniform like all of the other baddies, which usually involves like a BBL or a boob job or lip fillers and like fake lashes and long nails and uh, and uh, an immaculate lace front or wig or weave or hairstyle of some type. It's just always like, it's always 10 out of 10. Her outfits usually consist of a few bits of designer. It might be all designer or it might be mixed with like a bit of Zara and and um, a bit of designer. Um, she drives a German car. Um, she eats out at expensive places. She might have a mix of real and fake things. So her shoes might be real and her bag might be real, but her Rolex might be fake or her Cartier might be fake or, you know, it's like a mixture, but you know, who, you know, I don't know. It could all be real. Um, and she's on the scene and she looks prestige and she's like, nah, I look good. I've got a good body. I've got, you know, and I can eat out at these places all, all on my own. I don't need you for nothing. I'm a bit of a trophy. 
Now, not to say that all baddies are airheads, but they don't need to have their masters or their PhDs or their own businesses of any real substance because their image sells. And I sound like a hater. Maybe I am. Let's explore. Um, so you've got the female baddie. Now it's been brought to my attention through being single that there's a class of men who I would consider the male baddie. Um, they have an amazing beard, a gorgeous, flawless complexion, um, muscles. They don't skip leg day. So they're not like big on the top and skinny on the bottom. They are evenly like muscly and gorgeous. They might have a few hustles, you know, you know, he's got a beard oil. He's a PT. He has a podcast. Um, he has his own clothing line. Um, he too is in designer. He's in designer. He too has a German car. Um, he might have a gold tooth or a silver one or a diamond one. He has jewelry. Um, his teeth are usually really white. Um, he might be bald, but I have to ask, is that by choice? Um, or is it because his hairline ain't shit? Who knows? Um, but he is the male baddie. And he's eye candy. I I lust after men who look that way. I'm not going to lie. I'm a part of the problem. I'm admitting it. All right, cool. So we've got uh, our female baddies and our male baddies. So then there's me. I have, like, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Hold on a minute. <laughs> what do I have? <laughs> I've got a job. <laughs> I live somewhere. Uh, I'm doing okay for myself. Um, I'm a bit more economical. <laughs> I, I don't really want the designers. I'd rather the Zara. I don't mind the odd piece of designer, but I'm definitely not running it down. Um, I have hormonal acne. It, it comes for me each month. And then it wants to like scar, like that's not good enough. You know, I like, I like braids. I like to have my hair in one, some gel, a bit of, um, uh, hold on, what's that gel called again? I want to call it Icy, but that's not the name of it, is it? Anyway, it's gone out of my head. I just use that standard gel. Don't really do my nails much anymore because I figured I can do something much better with that money and I might do it around my birthday time or Christmas time, but I'm not really too fussed, you know. Um, I don't really wear makeup unless I'm going out. Although I have the acne, I'm like, mm, you know, you just have to kind of deal with my, my, my scars and my spots. It is what it is. Um, yeah, I mean, no lace fronts. I mean, like my teeth are all right, you know. Um, uh, I, I definitely do not have a BBL. I can work out as much as I want. Yes, I'm loving the gym still. Thanks for asking. But definitely will never have a BBL. <laughs> not not even naturally, like not even after years of going to the gym. I mean, I eat cake and sugary things and oily things and things that make me happy. I drink alcohol. I enjoy alcohol. I was on the phone to a friend and I was like, oh, this acne is really pissing me off. Like, what can I do? Um, and she was like, maybe cut out sugar. I was like, yeah, yeah, I should, I should. And then she was like, yeah, wine has sugar. 
I'm happy for her and her suggestions. Good luck to her. I'm sorry to that man. I don't know what she's talking about. Um, so if it's a choice between acne and wine, wine wins. I'm, I'm just that simple person. You just have to just deal with it, right? Cool. I can wear a waist trainer to the gym as much as I want. All I'm doing is restricting my airflow. I'm not training nothing. I'm hurting myself. I'm squashing my organs and I am reducing my vital capacity. Okay, if I should be able to do X amount of minutes on that cross trainer, I have cut it in half because of that bit of rubber around my waist. It ain't doing nothing. Not for me anyway. Right. So then there's me. But I'm just, you know, I'm a wholesome girl. I can cook. I can clean. I can entertain. You know, I'm a I'm a I'm a good somebody. Right. Then you got the men who are probably more like me than a baddie, you know. I don't know. Is he the butter's friend? I, I wouldn't call myself the butter's friend. I haven't got any butter's friends, although I'm not friends with any baddies. So it's like with us women, there's this like layer of just good upstanding citizens who don't need to be dressed in designer, who don't need to have lots of surgery and enhancements and who don't fit that label a baddie. But with men, it's like you're either a baddie and your beard is glistening or or you're the butter's friend. Like, where's like the one in the middle? Like, they're, you know, where are they? Fine. So then you get the butter's friend man, also known as the average guy who, you know, he goes to the gym sometimes. He eats badly as well. Um, he's He's got a struggle beard. Um, you know, he might drive a German, but you know, he might not, he might just take Ubers. That's fine too. I like, I'm not uh, judging him based on these standards. Like this is just what apparently you have to have or be if you want to be accepted by our generation. So, you know, like he might do Uber, he might just have like a Vauxhall or whatever, who knows? Um, not at all fussed by you know, like name brands, he might be the the van wearer or the Converse wearer or the odd Nike wearer, but he's not too fast. Like his, his, his laces are essentially too tight and his shoes are dirty. His jeans are ill-fitting. I think I did say that his beard is struggle. Might, might have a bit of a belly, might have some man boobs as well, because he's, he's not afraid of a, you know, of a hearty meal. Where am I going with this? What's the point of these people and these categories? So there's a cycle. Me, there's me. I'm your average person. And I lust after and dream of men who fit into that stereotype as a baddie. So I'm in his DMs while he's in that baddie's DMs. And I've got I've got the butter's friend in my DMs. Like, the cycle continues. It's like, it's it's just a game of, of cat and mouse. It's a game of Tom and Jerry, right? It's just a cycle. So what does that mean for me and my love life? Have I got to be with the butter's friend? Or have I got to be lusting after a baddie who ain't going to look at me twice. Like, he'll par me off because he's like, Meh. And if he does look at me, he's temporary. 
it's just because we've got chemistry, you know, it's just a bit at last. Like, he's he's not trying, you know, he's not aspiring to be with me. <sighs> Gosh. I thought I would share that with you because if you are a baddie, you need to make space for the little guy. And, I mean, as a woman. And if you're a... If you're an average woman like myself, what do we do? And this is where I wish this was a bit more interactive because I want you to tell me what we do. I saw a sexy baddie, male baddie. He is a a co-host on a podcast. Oh, gosh, chocolate, tall, bearded, shiny. Oh, smile on 10. Like, this man's got me watching his podcast on YouTube. What? I'm sorry. (laughs) I've got better things to do. But he's got me watching his podcast. Not just listening to it. It's not just good enough to try to, like, figure out, like, who's the voice. No, I've got to see him on screen. and and, And I'm just there, like, fangirling. Allow it. What are you doing? He he will never be in your inbox. You aren't a baddie enough for him. I mean, a side note to that is also, I feel like in our generation, there's this image that, okay, you can be a baddie or not. If you're not a baddie, you've got to be doing something. You've got to be known on the scene. You've got to be a name. You've got to have the followers. You've got to be a bit up there and it's just like well if you've got less than 100 followers then he's not looking at you and it's just it's just all bullshit it's all bullshit how much substance do these people really have you know is it all image is it fading how you know I thought that the whole swipe culture it was ruining our chances at love but I feel like the exterior of these baddies is ruining real, real connections, because I'm a good person, (laughs) if I say so myself, right, Um, I tick a lot of boxes, and yeah, I'm not a baddie, so I'm just gonna be, I'm just gonna be having, like, a butter's friend in my DMs, when I'm in the DMs of a, of a spice, it's just, it's just a vicious cycle, I mean, obviously, I'm not in anybody's DMs, like, obviously, but I'm saying, hypothetically, in my dream state, if I could have somebody on my arm. But then in saying that, right, okay, all right, so here's where I'm just one big ball of contradiction. I um, had a relationship with somebody who was aesthetically pleasing. He was my version of a baddie, bearded, handsome, great smile, big car and all the rest of it but he was just an empty shell to be honest he was just he couldn't really keep up not sexually guys get your mind out of the gutter I was I'm talking like in terms of our conversations our like intellect our goals our aspirations and I know that I've got a cis thinking you you don't have no intellect but yes I do (laughs) yeah Yes, I do. And he he just wasn't matching it. So I couldn't I couldn't live with that. I couldn't live with somebody who was just a drag when it came to conversation and, and goals and 
aspirations and oh my god all he cared about was um how many eggs he ate a day because of his protein do you know what I mean like is that what I want to be dealing with like somebody who wants to be like measuring his 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 meals come on no I don't so I'm at a place now where I'm asking what do I do I am going to be presented with two choices I can evolve or repeat I can eventually get the eyes or get the attention, should I say, of a baddie, of a male baddie, and then just be stuck in that rut where he's not even on my level. Is there a middle ground? Is there that happy middle ground? You know, it's also kind of apparent in our communities and in our society and in our generation actually that as women we do the work we go to therapy we go to counseling we have coaches mentors we have our 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 degrees um, our masters our postgrads we are really committed to our self-awareness journey to our self-love journey to our healing you know like we want to do the work it's definitely more apparent among us women we will take the time out to be single and to really heal and to 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 abstain from sex um to set some goals and achieve them to like clear our skin and to 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 and get our finances right we you know we are more it seems we are more focused on our growth and that journey so what happens when you as a woman you have spent all of this money and time on therapy and just all sorts of stuff for a much better life to be self-aware to choose to um, evolve each time and then you meet somebody who just is stuck on a cycle of repeat men don't want to do the work not as easily or as readily as a woman you know what do you do then are you prepared to meet somebody and support him on his healing journey and once upon a time in my 20s, I probably would have said yes. But as I'm approaching 33, no, no is the answer. Now, I will always want to, you know, support. And I don't have that view of relationships that is a bit idealistic, like a man's going to come in and it's all going to be a right and we're going to, you know, I'm very aware that to be in a relationship, you have to compromise and that you have to be willing to take on somebody's stuff and it becomes a we problem. It's not just a him problem or an I problem, it's a we problem. Um, so I'm aware of that and I'm willing to do that, but he's got to meet me halfway. He has to be able to, to like demonstrate that 
he's done some of the work by himself and he's got himself to this position and now you know it's it's not it's not heavy baggage anymore it's just it's just a nice manageable amount <laughs> you know i just it's and and i feel like that is probably what will keep me single because i'm likely to meet somebody who he's either he's either a baddie or he's a, a butter's friend and he just is expecting me to unpack all of his load when I am focused on unpacking my own. So it just makes us coming together just that bit harder. Now, what's the chances of a baddie, a male baddie, who is doing the work? What are those chances that there's there's somebody who's gorgeous, just eye candy, a sex symbol almost. And he knows it as well. So he's got all of them stupid pictures on his Insta where he's posing like a thirst trap, right? What's the chances of him doing the work and him wanting to be monogamous and all of these things, you know? I'm not saying that it's impossible. This isn't to be like all that doom and gloom. It's just how likely is it? Um, And if you've got one, clap for yourself. I'm happy for you. Um, I just don't know anybody who has that. (laughs) And then, you know, you've got the man who isn't the baddie. And I don't want to call him the butter's friend. Obviously, I don't enjoy that title. Um, It it just doesn't seem like there's like a middle ground. So I guess I should try and find like, I should try and find like a different name for them. But, you know, he's probably doing the work and he's probably self-aware and he's probably ready to meet you halfway and you know are you willing to compromise on looks for your love what's important to you I mean I'm asking you because I'm asking myself am I willing to do that again it's that choice about evolving and repeating God has sent me some handsome men and he sent me some not so handsome men and they all turned out to be the same. Um, I didn't really discern. Um, I just went in and um, I've got to ask myself what's important to me. I mean, I'll be totally honest, attraction. I've got to be attracted to you. And I've had some men who my friends are like, are you all right? Like, have you seen him? Yeah. And I like him. And that's all that matters. As long as I like him, as long as I'm attracted to him, he hasn't got to be a baddie for society. He's got to be attractive to me. But as I get older, it's important that he he has done the work and he's doing the work. Because there's a lot of men with trauma, a lot of trauma-filled men. And I don't know, I I mean, I'm not even going to get into how to spot the signs for a trauma-filled man like sis. Once you know, you know, and it like you feel it in your gut and you think that you can come and save the day um, on these men. But if you are doing your work and you're on your journey of like self-awareness and, heal- and healing, um, then you aren't really going to tolerate it. Like, you will see it from a mile away, like, mm, you're just a trauma-filled man, and I've I've come too far, actually, I've actually come too far to be actually putting up with this, so, um, yeah, 
then, you know, it would allow you to be like, I'm not really on that. And that's where I'm at now, actually. I feel like once I am presented with some options again, because it is drought season, hi, listen, that there ain't nothing going on. But once I am presented with that, again, those options again, I think I've I've made some some strides to say, do you know what? He he's got some work to do and he needs to uh, complete that work on his own. Um because if not, then if he's got trauma and you've got trauma, then you aren't actually connecting on on like anything with any substance. You're wound mates wound mates and I've been a wound mate before definitely been a wound mate I was in a situation for a long time and it was a a relationship which is a crazy one so I call it a situation and um I had a fresh wound I had two wounds on top of um the shit that I didn't ever want to face or I just kept on burying and I thought it was just gonna pass on its own and I had two wounds which were (laughs) actually somebody cheating on me and um and a bereavement and I didn't deal with with those those wounds and that pain and I latched on to that person like a motherfucker and we became wound mates and that love turned into hate real quick because you know I'm blaming him on on keeping me in my cycle and he's blaming me for like keeping him in his it's like no actually like we have to take responsibility for our own anyway wound mates let's avoid wound mates i saw a post on instagram um of a lady who got engaged after abstaining from sex and relationships for seven years seven years listen i'm one month into my abstinence yeah and I'm like, okay, it's not as bad as I thought, but mm, I can definitely see the need for some movement, <laughs> some interaction. <laughs> uh, seven years. She wrote a really moving caption where she spoke about how she was on her self-discovery and she just really tuned into God and she got aligned and she felt it was necessary to break patterns of behaviour. She felt it was necessary to um, really get at one with herself and learn herself. And and I thought, that's amazing. That's what I'm doing, sis. And then I saw that it was seven years. I was like, who? In seven years, I am 40. I don't, I, um, I don't know about all that. <laughs> no and like I know that it's not on my timing but I don't know I don't know I've got to ask myself that question I'm on this journey now am I willing to surrender truly surrender and allow it to take as long as it takes and surrender to God and God's timing not my timing seven years could you do that? You are now single and you have now decided that you're going to journal and go to therapy and take your self-care more seriously and really just 
just try to make like better choices could you see yourself waiting seven years add seven to however old you are right now that's what it took for her fortunately sis was 19 when she made that vow um so she was a much smarter lady than me because she had had enough of the bs long before uh (laughs) i i kept going and going and going it took me until i was like 31 before i was like yeah i've had enough of this it took her till she was 19 so at 26 her whole life was ahead of her in terms of marriage and and children and these kind of things I don't I don't know about all that seven years honestly honestly I want to be a good sis and say to you yes I I will and I can I I, I don't think so and um, I'll, I'll be honest at that point at some point in that time and and where where I'm a fast worker right where I'm a quick learner (laughs) yeah like where I'm so committed I I'll I'll master this thing in a year right I um I I just think I'll say eff it I'll 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 just be like you know what so it's not my portion it's not the plan that God has for me let me just have my fun let me just date casually let me just live life and see what happens and like not take it so seriously I you know I can see myself rewriting the whole thing if it was my portion to have to wait seven years I no, I will redefine it I'm like nah sorry that's not for me so could you wait seven years it took this seven years I don't know the ins and outs of her healing journey but it, it sounded pretty intense from what she had written and um, I think it was on that Wedding Digest, Niger. I'm not sure that I've said it in the, white, in the right way. But um, if you know that page on Instagram, where they've got all of those cute like, proposals and cute wedding dresses and things like that, like you'll be able to see that she got um, engaged. And it was just like, oh, like I'm really happy for her. At, at 19, I was making lots of bullshit mistakes. <laughs> Um, I don't even know why I'm saying at at 19 because right right up until like the other day to be honest anyway so that's it (laughs) that's it I just really wanted to ask myself some questions and ask you those questions as well what can we do to break the cycle of the baddie and the average person you know, is it my portion to be with somebody who is less attractive to me based on me not being a baddie? You know, if I had the the time and the money, I'd probably just be like a baddie for a year. I'll do an experiment. Um, but then, but then I know the outcome. I know the findings already because I'll get attention from men that just want me as like a sexual object and that's and I'm and I'm so much more than that so it's about staying in my lane most definitely staying in my lane so I feel like I'm gonna have to write off men that I I consider baddies because I'm never gonna be that that physical image of what they want me to be 
And it's got worse, I think. Like, it, it was like this before, like, some years ago. But I think it's got really bad. Like, if you don't fit a certain criteria, if you're not of a certain status, you know, if you don't have a certain amount of followers, if you don't have a booming side hustle, if you're not, if you're not known on the scene, if you don't have a BBL, if you aren't doing paid ads on Instagram, like, the list goes on, really. You know, you just are not a baddie. Um, so there is a link there with uh, Cardi B being a baddie. Um, and, you know, that's her lifestyle because she's got her rich husband who buys her cars that she can't drive. Um, because she's a baddie, you know. If she was just an average person, would she have, you know, would he have fallen in love with her in that way and to feel like he's got to maintain a lifestyle and that's another thing they like want to it's like men seem happier maintaining baddies um than they do the average person who goes to work and you know has to do that overtime or that bank shift or save up that bit harder or that side hustle you know, that, that gets looked at a lot less than, like, it. it's not rated as much. It's like, if you're a baddie and if you are out here and you are um, trying to finesse uncles or whatever, then that seems to get more props. Like, yeah, you you are part of the lifestyle, you know. You are lifestyle goals. And I'm just like, well... I've I've paid all my bills this month, like, and I'm going to get an accolade. <laughs> I know that's standard things, but you know what I mean? Things that are just standard, like, we work, we pay bills, we, like, feed our children, we keep our house clean, we do what we've got to do just to be a part of society. Anyway, I think I'm a bit of a hater, um, because there are times that I want to have a baddie aesthetic. I admire how they always look so effortless, and it just looks, it just looks like, yeah, I just woke up like this. And I know that it's not their reality that, you know, there's, there's, there's lots of work on contour and, and that filter that goes into it. But, you know, it's like, oh, like, I like want to do up lifestyle for the day. Um, but just, just for the day, just for the day, because, uh, yeah, I would, I would hate to, to be given that, that stigma you know, I'm, I'm quite happy and I'm quite comfortable in my little lane whereby, you know, I'm not being outed on the shade borough for, for like something that I said on my YouTube channel. Do you know what I mean? I have, haven't got time for all of that. Anyway, I saw a interview on the Breakfast Club um, and I watched the whole thing actually. And it was only like a very small snippet where Taraji P. Henson um, had confirmed that her and her fiancé had broken up. And the whole interview is um, about mental health and black men and mental health. And um, Charlemagne asked a really good question. um, And he asked, what do black women, how can we help black men heal 
How do we do it? How can we help them heal? How, how do we make space at the table for them to heal? Because in acknowledging that there's quite a lot of trauma-filled black men, right? Anyway, um, I'll, I'll get back to that. So um, Taraji and her fiancé, I was so happy for her when she got engaged a couple of years ago. Like, I thought, what a gorgeous story, you know, like leaving town and, and trying to like, you know... I I think she put all her faith and trust into her career as an actress and you know she had her son and she only had like a few hundred dollars and it was it's it's such a great story and like you just think oh you know as a single mom like she really has my heart because you get a lot of rejection when you're dating as a single mom and I just thought oh finally you know and for millionaire, success story, gorgeous powerhouse, Miss Taraji, to not have her happy ending. And she's 50 years old. I'm just like, yo. <laughs> is it because she's not a baddie? Is it because, yes, she is successful. Yes, she's gorgeous, but she's just got a normal body and like a normal face and like her hairstyles are normal and she's you know she's just she's just uh gorgeous but non-baddy actress and I'm just like wow obviously I don't know the ins and outs of their relationship she she could be a nightmare he could be a nightmare. It could have all been a whirlwind image thing and it had no chance of working. I don't know. But she said in this interview that you've got to be prepared to do the work as an individual. And if she's saying it at 50, I'm hoping that I've got a bit of hope at 30 something that if I'm at, like, if I know this now, it means that I might have some hope. <laughs> you know, I've got another 27 years until I'm 50. I think that's right. That maths is dread. That, I mean, it can't be 27. Anyway, forget that, yeah. <laughs> Just forget that. Just forget that. I'll be 60 in 27 years. Yeah, okay. Fine. Like, whatever, like... Um, it's about 17 years, okay? I got there in the end. I've, I'm ahead of the game by 17 years. And um, she mentioned that, you know, that you can't... He's not her happiness and she's not his happiness. And, you know, you've got to find your own happiness. And it's just like the, these conversations are being had. They're being had. How did you accept his proposal and you didn't know that already? So we are slightly ahead of the game. I know I haven't got any listeners who are 50. So if you're single, you already know that he is not your happiness. And you are not his happiness. That you have to have your happiness outside of each other. And he has to do the work and you have to to, um, do the work. And that's how it will be a healthy, happy relationship. 
But I really did feel for her. And, you know, I did feel like a bit hopeless at the time. I'm not going to lie. I was like, oh, God, she is Taraji. Like, if she can't even make it down the aisle, then what hope do I have? And, you know, um, um, I know that it's like different strokes for different folks. But, you know, it's like, yeah, can somebody show me these, you know, like a good successful couple, please? Thanks, I'd appreciate it. Um, so back to what Charlemagne said. I hope I'm saying it right. He um, said, he he asked her basically what, um, what do they do as women? Because she was on the interview with like some other lady who I think she's got a charity with. To help them heal. In knowing that our men, our black men, need more support in going to therapy and more support in doing the work. How do we make a space for them at the table? And I just went completely blank. She... She answered it and, you know, she spoke about, you know, that I'm not your happiness and, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it was kind of like a roundabout kind of answer. I'm like, yeah, but that is a big question. If we are doing the work and if we know what our issues are and if we are making a start on on trying to fix them, heal them, unpack them, what happens when we meet somebody that we connect with all all jokes aside about image and butters friends and and like baddies like once you connect you connect right and he hasn't done the work what then what then we have to make a space for him at the table and then what do we mother him um do we do we put ourselves uh, um second you know, um, is it a case that we hold his hand and we help him um, through it? Is he willing? Is he at the table knowing that he's got these issues or is he trying to act like he hasn't got them by drinking and by gambling and cheating and lying and just choosing to repeat rather than evolve? So he has to be a willing participant. He has to want to heal. But it's completely up to us. Sis, it's completely up to you if you have done your work, you meet somebody who hasn't, and you decide, oh, do you know what? I'm going to hold his hand. It's tough because it's hard to get a connection. It's hard to to have that genuine connection where you feel like, oh, I really, you know, click with this person. And I probably, if I had a a a moment where it felt like a genuine connection, then I would probably reevaluate this whole thing and I would be like, yeah, I'll give him a seat at the table and I'll help him through and I'll do this and I'll do that, you know? What happens when you're single and someone shows up and he's, uh, you know, he's all right, you can make it work. But you don't really, you you know that there's more there. 
and that actually it's not gonna work and he's missing some of your deal breakers no that's no that's not right he can't be missing a deal breaker he um has a lot more of your deal breakers and but you know like you're single and you've been single for a while and maybe it's god like maybe god is saying to you sis this is the man i have for you like no he's not what you look like he's not quite what you asked for and you start to convince yourself that your god has sent somebody who looks acts sounds is completely different to what you have been praying for and what you had hoped to be aligned to what do you do then now, this is just my experience, okay? Like, this is my podcast, so I'm, I'm you know, I'm just going to speak it from my experience. Don't do it. <laughs> it's not God. It's your fears. It's your fears telling you that you have to make do. And what happens is you get into it and months later, he shows you exactly why you should have said no thanks exactly why don't do it it's charity work it is charity work okay as soon as you start to think oh yeah he's not really what i want but he's cool watch him show you all of the reasons why it's a no yeah i mean there's bants and there's entertainment you know like why not eh but don't piss yourself off right i guarantee you are gonna be saying can you believe it he was too short anyway he um, was this anyway, and he was that anyway, and I didn't even like him anyway, and blah, 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 and he still cheated on me, or he still tried to run game on me, or he still tried to talk to me bad, or whatever. Mm. Sis, learn to trust your gut, listen to your gut, your gut would let you know it's not him, he, he is Bobo the Clown. Don't let loneliness make you put a square into a circle hole been there, done it, right, I've put a bow tie on a motherfucker, like, yeah, he is the one, nope, don't, don't do it, and then he has some cantankerous behavior that makes you be like, oh, gosh, like, ugh, have I got to put up with this, forget about it, sweetheart, (laughs) forget about it, sweetheart, (laughs) just don't, just don't do it, So, basically, I feel like the message is don't lower your standards. Don't lower them. Keep your standards high. Write write them down. And, you know, I get a bit techie about this because it is good to have a list. How detailed this list should go is entirely up to you. What's on the list is entirely up to you. I think you should have your deal breakers, your non-negotiables. You know, he's a non-smoker. He's a God-fearing man. He's, you know, you know, things that will make an active difference. I think when we start getting into the nitty gritty, he has to have, a, you know, a gold tooth. He has to have his nose pierced. He has to have um, a German car. You know, I feel like these things are materialistic, they're superficial, that it's not, that it shouldn't be a deal breaker. I can't tell you it's not a deal breaker, it's not for me, but it shouldn't be. It's things of substance, you know, things of substance that are going to make a difference 
to your relationship. It's important to get that clarity. What would my significant other look like? How would it be? What would it feel like? What would I want him to add? What could I bring? You know, one time I was speaking to my mum and I said, yeah, I want a man who's... And she let me talk, you know. She let me talk for long. I was, I don't know, 19, 20. Um, I want a man who's... This, this, I can't even tell you what I said because I don't even remember. But I was... She let me go on. I I wanted some some long, sis. The list was long. And she let me talk and she said, okay, and what do you have to bring to the table? Hmm. Who told her to, to um, tell me that? I was silenced. I was like, oh. Oh. And ever since that day, 13, 14 years ago, I've been thinking, what what do I bring to the table? Now, I know with my chest, my whole chest and nothing but my chest, what I bring to the table. How much of the table I am. Like, I, I am crystal, crystal clear. So, in writing these lists and in having these hopes and dreams and like manifestations of what my idol partner would be like... What I bring to the table isn't a question, but it is one if you if if you don't know, if you just want him to just to to like do for you and serve for you, it is definitely a question like, wow, like what what have I got to bring to the um to the table, you know, that's more than my sex? You know, like in this couple, in this union, what do I have to bring? That's important. It's important to be clear of that. So when you're writing your list, like you don't feel like it's a wish list or it's like a, a begging bowl. Like you want somebody to come and save you. Like you are, you are fully deserving of it because you can match what you're requesting. Don't ask for something that you are unable to give. That's it. So for so like for me it is important to have that clarity but to not get too caught up in the details of it and you know if if you don't have that clarity you're just going to be taken for idiot when some man come and that presents himself and I've been taken for idiot oh my god like I I thought I had a list and I was really lenient I've been really lenient like to say oh, well, he's, you know, he's good enough here and, you know, he's nice to me here and, you know, he doesn't mind the fact that I've got a daughter and, you know, he's really, um, you know, he's really supportive of this and he's understanding, but he was missing some fundamentals and I went there anyway. It's it's such a horrible feeling. Such it's such a horrible feeling. That charity work feeling. That what was you doing, sis? So I've I've definitely. I won't be doing that again. For me, my list isn't that clear. I was doing my new moon in my, and I was doing my um list of like manifestations and things, and I got into the real nitty gritty of what I want for myself. And, and there wasn't a man on there. And I was up until like four in the morning doing it. And I didn't, I, I wasn't compelled to 
put anything about love. It was about my good sis. It was about my career in HR. It was about my my like personal stuff, like to to do with me, my growth, my therapy, my, you know, um, and it was just so focused on what I want for myself that I had to really think about it. And I was talking to my good sis, and I was explaining to her that I haven't got any space on this sheet of paper for a man right now and I know that it's a case of maybe you just need to be aligned with the right guy and if the right guy comes along then you will be but don't be under any illusion and and I know that you know this but like relationships take work they take work and I had three flip chart you know flip chart like big flip chart bits of paper full of what I need to do for myself. Now, I'm not saying that it has to be complete. I'm not saying that the list has to be complete. But I'm saying that where's the space? Like, if I have a man at the same time of having to achieve those things, it means that I'm giving less. And is that fair? as a as a brand new um you know like relationship or like connection is that fair that I'm just take 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 of course it's not so for now I'm struggling with clarity on what I want in a partner and I feel like that's at my next level it's at my next level and 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 actually that's what the um lady who had waited a good 7 years until she you know had met her partner she believed that in that journey, she had to get to her next stage of herself to be aligned with who she was meant to be with. And I'm very much there. You know, I'm lonely and I want companionship and I want intimacy. I want all of that good stuff. But equally, I feel like if I try to manifest a man right now, I'm just going to repeat and I'm desperate to evolve. And I'm desperate for it to not take seven years. Um, desperate to evolve. And I feel like right over that threshold is my partner. Once I have ticked off two out of three of those um, sheets of paper, then I should have a new energy around me. It should be a new shift. It should be like a new focus. I should be doing a new thing, you know, things that I've never done before. I will be a new version of myself. I will be Nikki 2.0. And it's like, that's where I want to manifest him from. I don't want to manifest him from this space that I'm in right now because I'm in the midst of it. I've just opened um, this can of worms on my, on, on, on parts of my healing. I've just you know i'm i'm just now getting stuck into to my career and saying all right i it has to well not it has to but i would like it to go in this direction and here's what i want for my health for my and and my well-being 
and and my image and my home and my daughter and here's what I want for my good sis and here's how big I want it to be and here's the small things I want to do within this platform and I just feel like once I start doing that once the shift is happening for me then I will be a better person to then manifest and then to create that list right now that list is coming from a really needy place. It's coming from a place of, as as I said, loneliness, horniness, companionship, wanting. That's what, that's where it's coming from. And I don't want any of the men that I've had already. Not one. They're all the same, just in different names with different faces, but the same bad vibes. And at some point, I've got to take responsibility. I'm not going to be complaining to my sis to say, oh, he did this, he did that. What, since 2008, Nick? Really, hun? At some point, you've got to take a rain check, right? And be like, okay, what What am I doing wrong here? What am I doing wrong here? Um, and it could... It's It's not that I'm doing anything wrong per se, like... I'm calling too much or I'm not sexing him enough or I'm not buying him something or I'm not being a, I'm supported, um, a supportive girlfriend or I'm not, you know, it's it's not that one thing. It's, it's that energy that I'm putting out. It's that damage cycle. It's that, it's that repeat. It's long and I'm over it. And I am, I am letting it go, I am rebuking it, I'm divorcing it, I'm renouncing it, it's not for me, so I will come on here, and I'll talk about being single, and I'll talk about wanting all of these things, but I'm fully aware that that list, I I can't even, I can't even pen it, I cannot put pen to paper, because I need to sort myself out, and I need to get my ducks in a row, because if not I'm pushing a square into a circle hole and I'm already a decent candidate like I know that much but I just know that just oh I can just see it just over there I can see it in the horizon that that is where I need to be and that's where I'm really committed on like getting to and um you know I've had this conversation with people who are like yeah but if you meet the right guy he'll um he he will support your dreams and he'll uplift your dream stuff but I feel like my point is I will be distracted because I love hard and I don't think I'll be very good at working on my goals and trying to tick things off of my flip chart paper at the same time as giving into a relationship and like and like pouring into it I mean like loving him and making sure he's happy and, and like, sustained in these things, you know, it's like, mm, I feel like it will take away, and to be aware and prepared that when you get in a relationship, it's a brand new bit of flip chart paper, it's not an I goal anymore, it's a we goal, it's where are we gonna live, you know, it's what school are our children going to um, go to? Are we having children? Are we getting a pet? You know, like, what car are we having? Are the kids doing this? You know, it's we. 
So I just want to have as much space for that on my flip chart paper as possible. I want it to be near enough blank. And just how I am, I'm ambitious, I'm driven. I can't see myself ever really being like at the end. Like it will always be like, okay, and the next thing and the next thing. And, and you know, and I'm aware of that. So I don't want to burn myself out. I don't want to chase myself into the ground. But I just need to, to take this leap. This This is a leap that I've never taken before. Right, so let me take this leap and then I will um, have more space, more vacancy to say, okay, well, that's just a hobby. That's a desire. This is what I want. This is who I am. This is, you know, all all, all of the healing I've done because it isn't just in the name of, of making money and like, achieving goals. It's about being being healed and healing and and self-awareness and self-discovery and to define and redefine. I love that. I love the idea that I can define, I can learn myself, I can unlearn, I can do all of this stuff and then I can redefine and be like, no, that's my past, that's not who I am, I'm not my mum's problems, I'm not my dad's problems, I'm not my family's, you know, issues. I am who I, I, who I am choosing to be. So I feel like once I get there, then I can have more space on my flip chart paper for for income in love. And I feel like God and the universe, angels, ancestors will all 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 like conspire and just get it done. And it just be like, yeah, Nick, like, well done, sis. Well done. How did we get here? So it's about clarity. What do you want? What do you want? Is it realistic for where you are at right now? Um, I, I will never question your dreams and if it's realistic or not. You dream big, dream as big as you. If you can dream it, you can achieve it. So go there, go there, dream it um, and get the feels. You know, like if you dream it and you get the feels, that's when it's really, it's, it's there and it's, and it's for you, you know. Um, so dream it and get the feels and ask yourself, you know, like, what have I got to do to get there? Like, what have I got to do to make sure that I can give to this relationship? Because I feel like most of us are really focused on what we can get, what we can gain, what we can take. And there's so much work that goes into it. We have to really be prepared to, to give. So how much space on your flip chart paper do you have for this income in love, you know? But get clear, get clear, sis. Get clear and do the work and try to try to avoid a wound mate. Um, you know, don't be like me, um, where you're just out here bonding over your pain. And if a fake um, shows up, make sure that you have done the work to know that it's a fake. Like, nah, that's not, nah, that's sorry. Nah, it's not you. So, yeah. I've really enjoyed recording to you guys today and just sharing a few of my random thoughts around being a baddie and what we can do. And, you know, please message me. Um, I love I love to hear from you guys. It kind of makes me feel a bit more comfortable to like share more of myself. So I really do appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, please do message me. Like, let me know your thoughts, what you've done to like navigate, um, you know, uh, dating uh, with 
if you've got any um any any preconceptions about being a baddie or being an average girl it would be good to hear from you i am most definitely like know where i sit (laughs) firmly off the fence when it comes to being a baddie and all of that and i just know that my little humble life suits me better and as and when the time is right i will be aligned with that person um let's just hope it doesn't take seven years right um i wanted to talk to you um about a self-care tip for this week and i feel like this you know this type of recording has gone on a bit longer but it's quite important that i share it so a self-care tip for this week um is having boundaries and I'm sure most of you are like, yeah, of course, you know, like, I know that it's important, you know, but um, self-care goes beyond um, a nice lipstick, a good bit of lingerie and some nice perfume, right? It goes beyond like uh, uh, a like bubble bath and um, and drinking your water. Um, and boundaries, having boundaries it allows, it, it teaches people how to treat you. It lets them know, it's a clear indication of what you will and will not tolerate. The absence of boundaries gets you like taken for idiot, really. And like puppy show business, you know, having people walking all over you and not respecting you, not respecting your boundaries, not respecting what you have requested of them or of of themselves boundaries are really important to have and you shouldn't feel bad don't feel bad that you have boundaries it is the ultimate form of self-care of self-respect you are allowed to say no. You're entitled to say no. It shouldn't violate your rhythm. It shouldn't make you feel uncomfortable or unhappy. If you're anything like me and your spirit speaks before you've even had a thought, I my whole spirit rises up in me and my stomach feels funny and I just feel off heat and I know that I'm going to have to talk up I'm gonna have to like defend myself I'm gonna have to enter some kind of like territory that makes me feel uncomfortable because I'm being violated I'm being disrespected you aren't respecting my boundaries um so it's okay to have them it's important to have them get comfortable having them teach people how to treat you because actually that esteem that you hold yourself, they might not hold you. They might hold themselves to a lower, lesser esteem and therefore think that they can treat you anyhow. And people might think also that, you know, well, if if that's my best friend or if that's my sister or if that's my girlfriend or my boyfriend, I should have access to them 24-7. And that's unrealistic. You need time for yourself. You need downtime. You need time to recoup and do whatever the hell you want. You don't have to justify it. Boundaries. Get comfortable having boundaries. You know, if you've missed a call, it's okay. You will respectfully reply 
And, you know, it's it's all in respect and it's all in love. It's not to disrespect anybody. It's not to, you know, it's, like, it won't push them away. It isn't to reject them or make them feel some type of way or... And there's a way to 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 really honour your boundaries that isn't being horrible. I feel like people feel like, you know, to enforce boundaries, you know, it's this big 360 and they've got to change, they've got to shut friendships down and they've got to do all of this crazy stuff. No, you could just respectfully put your boundaries in place. And if somebody has a problem with your boundaries, it means that they were benefiting way too much to this access, this ongoing, non-stop access to you. It's not healthy. I love a good boundary. I love a good boundary. Um, And, you know, just, I want you all to feel comfortable with having them and with setting them and just knowing that it is self-care and that I don't want you to feel you know, that you are being uh, conflicted um, into having to choose and make, make up your own, you know, to, to like make up your mind of, oh, if I, if I don't do this and it might piss him or her off and F it, who, like, who cares? Put yourself first, sis. We're in the middle of a pandemic. You've, you've got to put your, your well-being, your mental health, your self-care first boundaries, sis. So on that note, our longest time together, our longest voice note together. Um, a voice note. Did I just say voice note? <laughs> I'm so ridiculous. Our longest podcast together. Um, I'll be back next week because um, I'm actually going to speak to you about... Actually, you know, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. You're just going to have to wait until next week. Um, but it's in the pipeline already. So that's why I was getting a bit ahead of myself. But thank you so, so, so much for tuning in right until this very point. Um, you're a real one, sis. You're a real one. Um, please share. Please um, uh, comment, like, subscribe. I think you can subscribe on um, Apple Music and on uh, Spotify as well. Um, and yeah if you send me a message then you know then uh, we can keep this conversation going i'm all for conversation so let's have it thanks for listening loves take care and don't forget boundaries baby boundaries